Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Anthropologically Speaking. I'm Katie. And I'm Isabel. And today we're talking about close encounters to finish off our cults, conspiracies, and close encounters series. So, by close encounters, we're talking about none other than your friend and mine, the alien. Um, in particular, we're going to be talking a lot about human attraction and alleged attract. <laughs> Did I say attraction? <laughs> <laughs> That's a different yeah. radio show. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm attracted to aliens. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not the message of this show. Um, <laughs> or <even warfare. laughs> um, no, we're talking about human interaction with aliens. Um, so, yeah, aliens have been a part of the human social conscience for a long time which Isabel is going to tell you a little bit about. So, Isabel, why don't you tell us about uh, ye old aliens through the years? Yeah, so I guess we'll kind of approach it from a little bit of a timeline perspective, but it kind of fizzles out at the end. I started with a timeline, doesn't end that way. Anyway, <laughs> so, June 1947. A pilot reports that he saw a flying object in the shape of a shiny saucer, however, has no images of it. And he said that he would give so much to have had a movie camera with him there that day. However, as it happens, you know, there's no images of it. Darn. However, this sighting kind of began the classic imagery of a UFO and the flying saucer with, you know, the, I mean, you can all picture it, the little saucer thing spinning and <laughs> such good descriptive group. Perfect. Thank you for really backing that up for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, from here, people kind of hit the ground running with that saucer imagery and noises. And <laughs> it was seen a lot throughout the years, supposedly, and as time went on, others claimed that they saw UFOs just like this one. There was one instance where these, it was like supposedly captured on camera by these two, I think they were brothers, but and it had passed a bunch of experts um analysis of the picture and then if then they came out as like we were just kidding it was a lie so there's a lot of that going on around the 60s and 70s that's the time <laughs> the space race too right so like <laughs> space was a fascination for everyone yeah um so as culture evolved, so did people's experiences with UFOs. So people were now having more intimate interactions with them. Um, such That's as the people. attraction part. <laughs> yeah. Katie's like, damn, wish I was in the 70s. <laughs> um, so people are now claiming that they were being abducted and actually taken aboard these spaceships. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. There's the ambiance from the road outside. <laughs> Um, it's actually a UFO. <laughs> yeah, they're coming. So they claimed, a lot of people claim that they saw the big-headed green alien with the big black eyes, that typical imagery that we see. And this is a product of popular media, but more specifically, it actually showed up in the movie The UFO Incident. So people also began to claim that they were experimented on by these aliens, as the narrative grew a little bit more dim and dark, grim and dark. <laughs> so, 
Um, more recently, UFO sightings are much less sensational. Rather, they typically now include just some bright lights seen in the sky that are supposedly inexplicable, which typically they can be explained, but yeah. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, transition into like the less sensational version is likely due to the connectivity and technological advances of today's experiences that I'm guessing at least. So if they're really abducted or had seen something concrete, it would be likely captured on a phone today. So this level of connectivity and technology does not allow for people to so easily fib their way into being a part of the alien abduction experience or whatever sense of community people get from relating to others who have experienced the alien abduction as well. So basically people have phones on them all the time now and it's, much harder to, like, I saw something, but couldn't capture it. Like, it's just unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned, like, the, you know, the imagery and that kind of imagery that came about um, in the previous century has really sustained, right? We, we have, like, an almost universal idea of what an alien is, right? It's like the green man with the teardrop eyes and the antenna going, like, beep, boop, beep, right? Or maybe that's a robot. <laughs> um. <laughs> But, like, that kind of thing has really made its way into our pop culture. Like, sometimes we even parody the ideas of alien abductions. Like, on Saturday Night Live, they have a great skit that I'd highly recommend watching um, with Kate McKinnon, Ryan Gosling, um, where they've had wildly different abduction experiences. Um, and aliens have long been a fascination in Hollywood movies. So, um, I think it's arguable that, you know, people's perceptions of what they're expecting to see when they see aliens is highly influenced by movies. Like people expect to see a saucer. So when they see something in the sky, they're like, oh, is it a saucer? Because that's our collective idea of what aliens arrive in, I guess. Um, but a really interesting note that we're going to touch on now is the idea of, <laughs> never thought I'd be talking about this on my uh, evening, but uh, alien abductions. Um, and different alien interventions uh, and their relation to people of color. So there's a scholar, uh, Lucas Tromley, and he argues that alien abduction is an inherently white American experience. And he argues this in his article, Race, Citizenship, and the Politics of Alien Abduction, or Why Aliens Do Not Abduct Asian Americans. Um, so he argues that alien abduction should be a unifying thing for humanity right like it's us as humanity us humans versus them the aliens the other um but he also argues that in reality alien abductions restrict american identity based on who's chosen so while you're seeing people from all walks of life chosen from the businessman to the and chosen for abduction that is um from like the businessman to the to the housekeeper, people from all different uh, perceived statuses and walks of life, it, it's pretty exclusively white people. Like, there's not really diversity other than that. Um, so Tromley's article actually speaks specifically about Asian Americans. And he says, quote, to understand accounts of abduction as imagined stories that emerge from anxiety, hysteria, or trauma might suggest that these narratives are not a useful avenue for the expression of the concerns of Asian Americans. So in this case, we're looking at alien abductions as more of an, um, these narratives as more of like an outlet of um, psychological trauma or, or physical trauma instead of like an actual alien abduction. 
Um, but he also says, quote, uh, more compelling reason for their exclusion, their being Asian Americans, is that Asian Americans or the associations they typically bear in popular discourse disrupt the logic of the abduction narrative. And this is something I found fascinating. So um, there are kind of two reasons for this, and uh, both of them have to do with the otherness that minority groups experience. In this case, we're talking about Asian Americans. So, for example, um, cultural differences that uh, especially maybe um, an immigrant Asian American or a first-generation Asian American might have uh, from this expected homogenous culture that Americans have right like it, it adds somewhat of a different component and in order to have like a really good alien abduction narrative you have to have this all-american homogenous cultural lifestyle right so if somebody's already different in some way they're they're not perceived as oh the difference is abducting them and they're quote-unquote normal because they're an all-american person and another thing is the idea of where they're being abducted from. So um, for people who are, again, I use this term all-American. I don't, I don't like that term very much, um, especially if we look at the history of colonialism in North America. Um, but, you know, we look at um, the idea that, uh, oh, immigrants are not on their own familiar ground. So they're not being abducted from their home they're being abducted from their place that they've immigrated um so a lot of that is what tromley argues uh is why um alien abduction is such a white american experience because it's really founded in this idea of being oh all american you know having these stereotypical american traits you know being very very whitewashed um so that's one interesting thing, um, considering, I guess, the anthropology, sociology of alien interventions in people of color. But another thing I've actually been seeing on the internet recently that I found really interesting, um, and I want to talk to you about this, Isabel, um, is we say that, you know, aliens built the pyramids, aliens built the Great Wall of China, and we know that these structures were built by people of color, but we're, you know, we never say, like, aliens built the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and these are things that can be attributed to, like, uh, white people, Europeans. So, like, what do you think about that? Do you think that, like, this idea of attributing alien, alien intervention to the works of people of color is a way of, you know, erasing this sort of history that is not European? I definitely feel like it has roots in Eurocentrism, wherein these um, spectacular structures, um, because white people weren't building them, there's like that patriarchal um, aspect where it's like, well, we couldn't do it, so they obviously couldn't either. So then they have to attribute it to something greater, quote unquote, such as aliens. So it's definitely based in that colonialism and racism, yeah. basically. It's the same thing with, um, in like North America when they found like these mounds. Like, do you remember the mound builders? Oh, yeah, 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 the, the mound built, yeah. Yeah, so it's like these huge mounds of earth built by um, early indigenous people in, I think it's, 
Japan and the U.S. I'm not exactly sure where yeah. they are, but basically the people that discovered them, again, quote unquote, figured that they were not made by indigenous people, but rather by a population of white people that came before them that mm. were killed by indigenous people. So it's that denial that someone who white people perceive as lesser can yeah. build something greater. I yeah, think. it totally comes back to, like, that idea, too, of, like, the primitive savage, right? Like, oh, if we were at that point not building that, they couldn't have been because they're way behind us. So, yeah, it definitely, I think, has roots in colonialism, Eurocentrism, racism. So, yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. Also minimizing slavery. Like, oh, yeah, 100%. The simplest thing where, like, the pyramids were built by slaves that were abused every day, and they're like, yeah. wow what magnificent builder could have done this? It's like somebody who was forced to. So, yeah. Yeah. So moving on from that, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the psychology of alien abduction? Yes. So that makes it seem like it's entirely scientific. It's just kind of just like a vague section about like <laughs> people and alien abductions. Yeah. Like, psychoanalytics. And yeah. All that. Jazz. So, yeah. <laughs> Overall people have been claiming that they've been being a wait that they are being abducted by aliens since research began on them in the 1940s and 50s um and there was also opening of a new base in new mexico like a mm, would that be area 51 is it i'm not that sounds like it should be okay yeah so it's just like supposedly very secretive so i imagine it's area 51 i don't actually know where <laughs> 51 is so. i think it's in that area yeah okay. so that kind of sparked a bunch of people's rumors again with this. It comes back to conspiracies, people not understanding something. So they just kind of have to make a worldview around it. Yep. So in 2015, a survey was done in the article literally said Western culture. Which I hate that so much. I don't even know like what that encompasses. Anyway, it said that 50% of people believed in aliens. And like, although that stat seems very non-legit because that's so vague I actually I feel like that's a pretty accurate assumption I feel like yeah that I do believe in aliens and, 50%. and I think it also like counters in people who don't necessarily believe in like little green man but they believe in like you know microbial life on a different planet yeah and like I don't know about you but I feel like that encompasses me like I don't yeah me like too giant universe out there but yeah like I don't see like I I I mean the universe is infinite but I don't see there necessarily being these exact beings that we've imagined them in our collective pop culture. Like, I don't see that necessarily being a thing, but I do feel like in our vicinity somewhere, there's probably some sort of life. Yeah, I agree. So, anyway, information on these abductions and people's abduction stories can be found all over the internet on various websites. Like there's websites specifically for people's stories and forums such as Reddit, people will share their experience with such things. So the people that say they have been abducted often display real signs of emotional damage and fear. And psychologically speaking, that's impossible to dispute. So that's always kind of like a convincing factor is people are displaying signs that they have been like emotionally scarred, likely not from, I'm not going to say likely, maybe people have been abducted by aliens, but likely not from an alien abduction, but for some other source. Um, 
So it's just, again, this, not to be punny, but out of this world factor that it's hard to believe about these stories. So, however, a lot of people narrate similar stories about alien encounters. So these are kind of eerily similar, but also some follow very general trends. And this also ties back to that popular media and culture mm -hmm. that gets ingrained in our minds and kind of allows us to maybe make stuff up or put like connections together. In yeah, a way. plants the seed. Yeah. So there's a guy called Bud Hopkins who is basically like, he specializes in helping people who have gone through alien abduction, so they say, and does hypnosis on his clients to bring up um, old memories. So the problem is that when hypnosis is done by someone who's not like professionally trained to do that, which in this case is true, he's not. Um, then false memories and ideas can be solidified and can become more real to the person. So whatever's going on in hypnosis can actually like come out and they think that these memories are more real than they actually were. So he also does group therapy in which victims are encouraged to connect their stories with the people also at the session, likely making connections and relations that would not have occurred organically. So they're almost being pressured into being like, oh yeah, that's the same as my story. And again, these false memories kind of get created and more connections are made that just wouldn't naturally become. So as popular media emphasizes and uses aliens and the extraterrestrial to create movies about people being abducted and interacting with aliens, people incorporate these images into their own retelling of a close encounter. And it begins an alien abduction trope. These similarities act as justification for the truth when in reality it's just a reaction to popular media and the creation of false narratives based on what they've seen on their televisions. So the common themes and imagery that show up in alien abduction stories are often the result of the combination of hypnotic therapy and alien abduction media. So earlier this year um, in April the U.S. Pentagon released quote-unquote, unidentified aerial phenomena videos, also known as UFO videos. So this just plays into the government's, uh, the idea of government secrets, government knowing these things that the public don't, and conspiracies, theory stuff that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. So again, that's just that distrust. It's like, see, we told you the government was hiding alien life from us. So... Mm -hmm. There's yeah, it almost gives like the smidgen of proof that they need to continue their worldview narrative. Yeah, exactly. So now we're just going to kind of talk about a case study of people who claim that they were, had a close encounter with UFOs and extraterrestrial life. So I know a lot of people probably know this story. It's one of the most popular. It's of Betty and Barney Hill who were a couple that believed they were abducted by aliens. What a bonding experience. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a notable this was a notable exception to alien abductions being a white narrative as Betty was white and Barney was black. I also like to throw in here, I was gonna toss it in earlier, but we kind of just kept rolling. Um, mm -hmm. There is some, some stories of people being abducted in places other than the Western yeah. US. So I know they're less common, but like a good example, um, where is it? Oh my gosh, I don't even think I could pronounce it. But basically it was in China 
And this guy claims that he was um, in a forest and watched like a UFO descend onto him. And the motorcycles outside are so loud. <laughs> and so he was basically harassed by the entities above or aboard the craft. So that's not super relevant, but I mean, it's completely relevant, but it's just kind of tossed in here. Yeah, it's interesting too. Um, one thing that just occurred to me as well is like the idea that maybe, maybe this idea of alien abduction has permeated American culture so much because a lot of these movies that depict depict um, alien abductions and that kind of thing are English speaking American produced movies. That's true. Yeah. But anyhow, Benny, Betty and Barney. Yeah. So they were driving home from vacation in Niagara Falls when just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, they began to see a light in the sky, like moving around. I think she said it was moving up instead of down because she was like, oh, it's a shooting star, but it's just opposite. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, so it was moving around kind of sporadically and began to get brighter. So they stopped on the side of the road to walk their dog and get a better look. So Betty was looking through binoculars and claims that she saw a saucer flying in front of the moon with bright multicolored lights and her sister had seen a saucer the year before <laughs> so she suspected that it may have been a ufo and that's like again where like other people's information kind of bolsters what you feel yeah like a plane oh no it's a saucer <laughs> my sister saw one last month you know? <laughs> yeah like i I don't know. I mean, like, I guess a lot of people inherently trust their family in that, you know, like, I, I, I have family that thinks they've had ghost encounters, and although I'm not really a paranormal person myself, um, if there are ghosts listening, I, I don't want to become a paranormal experience person. <laughs> I'm chill just being skeptical. Um, but, um, yeah, like, I, I guess if your family sees it, then maybe you you'd believe it but um at this point they sort of followed it um in their car like the ufo and they say that the thing was flying over restaurants and such so uh betty claims that it was over 80 feet long which, which is a great estimate um <laughs> very specific but and spinning um and at one point it came down towards them on the road and it hovered above them taking up their full field of view so Betty claims that when she looked at it with binoculars, she could see a bunch of humanoid figures in the windows looking at them. And eventually uh, the couple tried to drive away because they were frightened, but the thing hovered above them and they say they went into some sort of trance for a few seconds and then came to, um, which is a really common thing with alien abduction, either lack of memory or like an idea of a wiped memory um, is a really common experience that people tend to have. Um, and they had traveled apparently 35 miles, but they don't remember any of it. So in the aftermath, Betty wanted her suitcase kept by the back door. Um, their watches never worked again. The strap on the binoculars was ripped. Their dress shoes were scraped. Uh, and Barney was compelled to examine his genitals and found nothing unusual. <laughs> I'm happy for him that he didn't find anything unusual anyhow moving on but um take from that what you will 
But I think one thing that I find really interesting about this is the idea that this couple had like this collective experience, right? Like even I was watching the other day, like the new Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. It, it depicts like a story of multiple people. It's in like 1969, Berkshire County, Massachusetts. Um, and they shared the collective experience of being like individually abducted, but they like all had this common experience. So it's kind of like, you know, like what kind of collective thing happened to those people? Like, did they get abducted by aliens? For all these people to have that narrative is, I find really interesting. So, yeah. I agree. I feel like I was watching that, and at first I was, like, laughing. <laughs> and I was like, well, how do they all have, like, almost the same story? And then I was also like, I think I understand a little bit more, but, like, the imagery of the flying saucer, it's like, where did that originate? Yeah. Like everybody has that collective image in their head. And I mean, obviously through media, yes, but media created it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Alien. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Um, I mean, I was on Reddit kind of browsing, you know, as one does. I was like, hey, I wonder what's going on with alien stories on Reddit, because that's a really good, like, personal forum where people just come and can tell their little stories but anyway there was an ask reddit which is a subreddit on like what do people fear most if aliens came to earth and i thought these were really interesting so i screenshotted two to read out to you guys so the first one is aliens could do whatever we did to wolves could do to us what we did to wolves selectively breeding a once noble species in grotesque ways transforming us into the equivalent of bulldogs, poodles, and dash hounds. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> it's like a little disturbing. That one's that from one. Flipster. <laughs> Love Reddit names. Um, the second one, which is a little more dark is from To Be Pacific, <laughs> and it's that our human concepts of morality and empathy are heavily influenced by mammalian biology. So imagine that aliens land, and instead of having little nice family units, their species lay clutches, lays clutches of thousands of eggs at a time, so they don't form strong bonds. Um, basically, yeah, because of our genetic makeup. Because our genetic makeup makes us empathetic and have morals then if aliens are super different from us then there's a good chance that maybe they don't have those characteristics so it would just come and be like ah we'll kill you all doesn't mean a thing to us three yeah so their idea is that quote life is essentially expendable for them they see us weeping over a dead child and they have literally no frame of reference for understanding why this could be upsetting um so that's a sobering thought the idea of aliens is very you know othered to us because i think we have a habit of really othering our fellow humans but (laughs) aliens really are the other so deep so true (laughs) all right well lots to think about in this week's episode hopefully uh all you out there you know pondering your own existence and all that that's what we what we like you to do after the show no just keeping it lighthearted. but um isabel do you want to do our non-human listener shout out of the week i do so this week 
we don't have a specific singular non-human listener. Instead, we would like to shout out all the extraterrestrial beings that are streaming our show from wherever you may be out there in the universe watching down on us. Yes. We know that the extraterrestrials really enjoy uh, 93.3 CFMU. (laughs) They're really, oh my gosh, they're studying their podcast because it's anthropologically based. My gosh, you're trying to figure out about humans through our podcast slash radio show. (laughs) Huh. Anyhow, (laughs) honored to be the specimens you study. But uh, yeah, until next time, everybody, have a great week and uh, stay bony. Bye.